Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. All right, welcome to Bet the Edge special selection Sunday night edition. Drew Dinsick, somewhere else in the world, different backdrop, which is good. Born Dalzell, I'm Jay Croucher. We're going to talk about uh, the bracket uh, and takeaways from it, uh, bets out of that, and then we'll also talk about the conference tournaments uh, and uh, what we made of them. So let's start there. Gentlemen, Vaughn, start with you. Uh, what was your big takeaway, I guess, from the weekend? I'm very happy that uh, the VCU Rams got their all right win over those Dayton Flyers. Jay, you know, I got to rub your nose in that one a little bit. But I uh, was anticipating Purdue getting this one seed now that UCLA lost the Pac-12 championship, had multiple injuries, not just one injury, uh, lost that game to Arizona outright. So that was really the biggest news, I think, that Marcus Sasser getting injured for Houston, not playing against Memphis, getting upset in the AAC championship. What's that do for Houston? Because last year they didn't have Marcus Sasser in the NCAA tournament. They went pretty far. So breaking down their bracket will be interesting. But very great weekend. March Madness is officially here, gentlemen. Drew, how are you doing? Well, I, I came unprepared. I'm in the library here. I, I thought we were talking about the Academy Awards leaks. Uh, are we, we're not betting the I – I guess uh, I guess not, no. Uh, we're talking college basketball. Uh, also, uh, sweating out some Indian Wells. Uh, I have a, a nice plus money price on uh, Alejandro Davidovich Bokina, who is uh, right now up a set on Karin Hachinov. Yeah. Foki as he's known. Um, but uh, no, I'm kind of excited to break this down with you guys. Oh, we're getting some interesting seating here that's hurting my opinions. Um, but uh, oh man, wow. Okay, okay. Uh, so far, so you know, so far, there's a lot of inter- interesting stuff to talk about. Um, I think, okay, uh, comment on the weekend, real quick. Um, don't overreact to anything that happened in the conference championships other than injuries. Injuries are paramount and super important because, mm-hmm. you know, guys who got banged up who are not going to be 100 percent turn come tournament time uh, drastically changes how you would price any of those teams, particularly you mentioned UCLA. Uh, and then the flip side is if, if a team kind of ex- over, you know exceeded expectations like Penn State, for instance, right, like getting the cover in the Big Ten championship. That doesn't move the needle at all. Penn State is still a terrible team, and they are going to be in deep trouble in round one <laughs> against uh, a mighty Texas A&M, who I don't, uh, you know, hold their performance against uh, in the in the you know, in, in the SEC championship against them. Um, but uh, yeah, so I guess just overall, don't uh, overreact to what you saw. 
um, in a conference tournament weekend because the information that you have from, you know, sort of the final month of the regular season, I think is worth weighting more highly uh, than how these teams performed in, uh, in sort of the do or die uh, because motivations were different, right? Incentives were different for every team. Kansas didn't need to win the Big 12 to get a one seed, right? Texas did need to win the Big 12 to get a, you know, a, a preferential seed as a two. So, uh, you know, I think you, you need to kind of keep that in mind as you're evaluating some of these results. Okay. Well, in saying that, let's overreact to conference championship weekend. <laughs> uh, start with the Big 12, where Texas, a team who, who really kind of screwed me, basically, by not getting the one seed and winning the regular season, uh, which I had a, a decent-sized bet on. The two-point loss to TCU uh, lives long in the memory. But, yeah, they cruise past Kansas. Uh, and I think that, you know, and I obviously hope that Bill Self recovers um, and is okay, but I think it's going to be... It's always difficult to quantify coaching and the impact game to game uh, and the the in-play impact of a coach. And I think that this, this will be uh, potentially, you know, something that uh, contributes to that sample. Um, but there's obviously more important things at play. But Vaughn, what did you make of how the Big 12 uh, played out, uh, given that it is, you know, the best conference? I think Texas, it was no surprise they won, in my opinion. I think they're very live, live outright to win this whole entire tournament. They're so much more experienced than they were in years past. And we were super excited about the additions they made last season, but they really let us down in so many ways. But I think Texas, with three seniors in the lineup, two seniors off the bench, they got guys like Marcus Carr, Dylan DeSue, Serge Jabari Rice, who's been awesome, and Christian Bishop, Bishop and company. So, I think they're one of the deepest teams in the country, seventh most D, uh, D1 experience on the roster. And like you said, Joe, they're the deepest conference in the Big 12. So I definitely think they're alive to win outright. And one team I'm not going to put any cookies in the jar with is the Iowa State Cyclones. Yes, they looked great in the Big 12 championship, but I'm so tired of this team. And I think they're a team that's liable to lose in round one, despite how great they just looked. And like Drew said, don't take it what they just did this past week too much into account because Iowa State needed to climb the ranks after failing the regular season, end of the regular season. So, Yeah, yeah. unfortunately, I had, a, yeah, I had a bet on Iowa State as well to uh, be the one seed in the Big 12. And uh, so I had to watch a lot of Iowa State basketball. And uh, watching that brutal for an over is, uh, yeah, it's, it's wasn't fun. And uh, I'd like that time back. Uh, Drew, <laughs> was there any any result, any team from the weekend that made you change their your opinion of them outside of outside of injuries? Yeah, well, I mean, you have to you have to pay attention to the Duke Blue Devils. Um, yeah, I knew you were going to say it. That was it. Ex- wow. I mean, was there was there a more impressive uh, you know yeah. team this weekend? I don't think so. I know the ACC is down this year. Everyone knows that. Um, there, but their path was not easy. They had to go through what Pittsburgh, who they mauled, uh, mm-hmm. and then uh, you know convincing win against a very good Miami team, albeit Miami suffered an injury. Uh, and then uh, you know they grinded out in a complete different you know clash of styles against the UVA team. So three very different types of games um, and three convincing wins. I think they trailed for you know a matter of minutes for the entire tournament. Uh, and you know the fact that they're healthy and the fact that uh, you know this team we don't. It's it's very tough to kind of come up with a, a true price for them just because they have a good mix of uh, experience and youth and uh, there's not a huge track record of how much they've played together. So um, Duke has to be upgraded, I think. And 
that said, if you're building a bracket and you're trying to be a contrarian, you're not going to win by putting Duke uh, <laughs> far into this tournament because no. everyone's onto this. This is not sh- world-shattering yeah. news. When, when Duke plays well, the world knows. But how about their defense, yeah. though? I think that's probably been the most impressive thing about the Blue Devils, Drew. And I almost sent you a text this week, and it said they're playing <laughs> way better defense than Virginia. They were. And this is what the Cavaliers do. But, yeah, Duke in their last 12 games ranked number 13 in the country. Uh, defensively and 14th overall. So yeah. playing the best basketball of the season at yeah. the right time. Us Duke alum, we all wonder uh, how many more championships we would have if Co- Coach K had retired earlier. Uh, you know, <laughs> this, is, this is really uh, – uh, it's, 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 it's We all wonder if, if he had uh, kind of expired a little bit there past his expiration date. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm being a little tongue-in-cheek, but there was definitely text chains where – uh, we had talked about should he, you know, K have retired previously. But uh, that said, Shire, incredible job. And uh, I think uh, they are going to be very well rewarded by the tournament that is going to be inclined to put Duke in a spot where they will make a run because I don't know who else is really driving ratings in this in this field. Uh, Kansas, obviously, are defending champion. But, you know, with the questions swirling about uh, Bill Self's health and, you know, just the way that they played down the stretch, uh, you know, it's it's not guaranteed that Kansas is going to be around for a while. And uh, outside of that, this has been somewhat of, um, uh, you know, a, a, a rough year for the Blue Bloods. Uh, you know, just not a lot of uh, kind of name draw in terms of teams who are expected to do well. So, uh, you know, the teams that we are, you know, looking at uh, who may make some noise in this tournament are teams that, uh, you know, aren't always coming off the tip of your tongue when you're talking about elite college basketball programs. Yep. And so Drew, Duke now, uh, by Ken Palm overall on the season 21st, obviously they've played above that of late. Are you waiting more with the recency? Like where do they sit in your power rankings now? Yes. Yeah, so they are higher than 21st for me by a lot, yeah. <laughs> but they suffer from sort of the key, uh, you know, kind of Achilles heel that I think a lot of teams that are expected to do well suffer from, which is they can't create turnovers on defense. Uh, and so I think seating is ultimately going to matter here. Um, you know, I, if, if I were the committee, I would put them in, you know, one of them, I would put them in the region of death just so that you would have fun matchups and, you know, kind of draw a little bit of excitement there. Um, and uh, honestly, any team that they would run into that is shooting hot, uh, has the potential to knock them out. So uh, realistically, it's it's uh, I would put them in clearly in the top 16 of you know of teams as far as the power rating goes. Uh, and I think we need to see uh, uh, you know who they match up against. Obviously, as a Duke fan, I am praying that we get a four or five type of ranking in uh, the region with Purdue. You, you guys okay. just got your seed, actually. <laughs> You want to know who Duke is playing? We'll 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 save it for live reactions because I, I won't be surprised. Okay. Okay, there we go. Uh, well, let's start with the South region. Alabama, the number one seed there. Vaughn, any big picture reactions to any of the matchups or any of the paths out of the South? Uh, I was definitely intrigued. And uh, Drew and I were saying this could be probably the chaos region for sure. Um, you know, looking at Alabama, I'm sure their path's going to be mighty fine with Maryland and West Virginia in their way. College of Charleston. Live to maybe get an upset over San Diego State as a 5-12 and 12 seed. I think that's a very intriguing matchup. Charleston's had so much success this season. And uh, the, tied with the best record in all of college basketball, actually. But uh, I, I look down a little lower and say Crane and Arizona are the two teams that I look at and might be able to run away and make it out of the bottom, the bottom of the, the, the south region here. 
uh, Drew, I know you know we were hoping Arizona get that one seed earlier in the year to get the best price on them. But I love this region for them. They get Princeton, then Missouri, then Utah State, two teams that they could definitely beat up on with their size and offensive ability. And then potentially Baylor, Creighton, Santa Barbara, NC State. We know Baylor has been like a fish out of water lately. They're not the Baylor Bears of old for us. Uh, so them getting a three seed, I think, is very telling right now. So uh, I do like the top two seeds here, Arizona and Alabama, the one and two, to uh, kind of control this. But the rest of the bracket, chaos. Uh, Troy, what do you think? <laughs> uh, the South is the weakest region. Um, and we haven't even seen all the regions yet. But I can already tell you it's going <laughs> to be the weakest region because almost every single-seeded team in here has massive red flags. Uh, yeah. No, no, there is no, um, no team that really fits the profile of a champion, any of these uh, single seeded teams. Um, Baylor is a three seed, huge, huge question marks about them winning round one against UCSB. Uh, you know, Santa Barbara, uh, people may not realize they dealt with some injuries and some, you know, had some roster stress in the in month of February, but they came full strength into their tournament. Uh, one convincingly, and they are going to be a very tough test. I think Baylor is absolutely on upset alert for round one. Uh, similarly, I don't have Creighton, Missouri, Virginia, or Alabama, for that matter, rated as, you know, you know, bona fide uh, potential championship contenders. Alabama, I know, is SEC champions. People will probably gloss, you know, very, very, very um, uh, warm on them, considering how that uh, the season ended for this team. Um, but they've possess some of the key issues that I would, you know, caution anyone to get super involved with uh, when it comes to backing a team in the, in the uh, tournament. They were the 303rd best team in college basketball at creating turnovers on defense, which means one hot shooting team, and this could be Maryland in the Sweet 16, or in the round of 32 for all that matter, uh, one, you know, hot shooting team could pop these guys uh, and end their, you know, end their dance relatively early. Uh, I don't think uh, Alabama is a scary one seed whatsoever. They look susceptible to upset early. And I think if I'm going to take a shot on any of the single digit seeds in this bracket, it's going to be San Diego State. I have San Diego State uh, as a top 10 team in college basketball, both over the balance of the season and over the last month of the season. So it's not even just a matter of they banked you know good statistics early. They're playing well now. Uh, and I think San Diego State, they definitely have the characteristics that really get you excited if you are trying to, you know, find a team in that four to five ranking that can make some noise during the uh, Sweet 16. So uh, I think ultimately in my bracket, I'm going to have the Aztecs coming out of the South. I think that's pretty interesting. They, uh, San Diego State had the, out of all the mid-majors, you would say not the Big East, the ACCs, those type of conferences, of course. San Diego State had the toughest strength of schedule this season, Drew. So that definitely prepares yeah. The Mountain you. West was nasty last year. They yeah. were nasty this year, and San Diego State still did it. Uh, they yeah. finished 9-1 and one down the stretch. Uh, yeah, just you know, really, really solid uh, uh, last month of the season for these guys. I have them as the number one uh, defense in the country, uh, and this cool. is you know adjusted uh, for strength of opponent. And a lot of that is weighted. You know, I'm waiting uh, you know, recent results more favorably than stuff we saw in November, December. Uh, you know, if you go season long, my number one defense is Tennessee, um, but they're not playing nearly as well lately as they were earlier in the season. So right now, the number one defense in, in this in this bracket is San Diego State Aztecs. 
uh, and they are a five seed in a very weak region. So I think they can punch their ticket to Houston for the final four. There you go. Uh, Don't sleep on Brandon Miller and Bama. That's all I'm saying. Don't sleep (laughs) on Brandon Miller and Bama. Uh, He's going to go to sleep in Sweet 16. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Drew mentioned that uh, that Baylor live to get upset. Uh, in yeah. round one against yeah. UC Santa Barbara, Baylor eleven point favorites. Vaughn, uh, eleven. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. well, the second ranked number. offense against the hundred and sixty. That closes under double digits. I'll tell you right now. Okay. I know some. I know yeah. some some heavy players that absolutely love the. Uh, uh, is it the Gauchos? I can't remember who the <laughs> Santa Barbara is yeah. going to be. The Gauchos. <laughs> they love the Gauchos and in, uh, in, in some of the uh, the professional players who play college basketball. So that that closes under double digits. I I think. All right. They won well, seven straight. Yeah. The, the Gauchos have won seven straight. In the chat. Yeah. Ridiculous line apparently. Plus eleven. There you go. Load that, up. It opened <laughs> uh, opened at ten. Opened at ten and ten and a half. I saw in some places. So it looks like people are, are playing Baylor. Oh, that's a uh, that's a head fake head fake bond classic. Yeah. You see this every year. Numbers come up. They get head fake because you, you want you want the key number of ten in your pocket. So that's why you head fake it up to eleven. <laughs> All right, brilliant. Let's uh let's talk about the Midwest where no surprise Houston are the one seed. Vaughn, what do you make of this region? All right, let's let's go here to Houston. Definitely worried about the Marcus Sasser injury and the liability for that. Uh we, we were joking around a little bit about what what there could be upsets here with the Big Ten, some Big Ten teams. Iowa Hawkeyes are underdogs to Auburn already. See Auburn's laying one and a half or two. Definitely like the Tigers there in that 8-9 matchup that everyone's always scared to usually bet because it's always the toughest usually. They got Miami and Drake. Interesting because I feel like Miami is stronger this season uh, down low, but I'm not sure uh, if they're going to be a team that I can really trust here as a five seed. And another Big Ten team is Indiana. The Hoosiers really, really, really uh, let me down in the Big Ten tournament, uh, getting upset by Penn State. There's been a lot of times that this season that they've played down to their, their competition. So getting Kent State out of that draw is certainly interesting because Kent State is a great offensive team. So uh, really that top half of the bracket is really interesting. I kind of like all the lower seeds, Auburn, Drake, and Kent State. And, of course, as previously mentioned, Iowa State's a complete fade, uh, whoever they get as their playing opponent. So uh, looking forward to get my money back on the Cyclones as well, Jay. Nice. Drew, Houston still plus 600 uh, on points bet, outright favorite, just narrowly uh, edging Alabama, Kansas, Purdue. Do you agree with that? Does the bracket change how you feel about Houston? So two things very much scare me about Houston. The first is that they play at an incredibly slow tempo, uh, which means your margin for error is that much narrower, right? Um, I think, uh, you know, I haven't really seen them have to come back or be able to come back very often. Uh, the yeah. one test we've seen recently is the Memphis game today. And obviously like they just didn't have the goods. Like they were even getting some favorable whistles. It didn't matter. Like they did not have the goods to come back. Uh, and so they do strike me as the team that does not exactly have the right makeup for a comeback. If the going gets tough, um, they can force turnovers. That's important. Uh, so they're not definitely not out of a game. Uh, you know, and I think, you know, defense is obviously very solid. They're not going to be an easy out, you know, that's going to take a, a, an A-plus performance from a good team to oust them. Um, but the injury concerns are real. Uh, and I think <clears throat> I was kind of surprised with their uh, their draw from the committee. 
I thought the committee was going to make it very tough for them to get out of their region because the final four is in Houston, right? And so it's a little bit crazy if you give them a soft region and then they get to the final four and they're basically playing home games. Uh, and so I am somewhat shocked to say that even though I declared already that the South was going to be the weakest region, the Midwest is also quite weak. Um, not a lot of really true standout teams here. And in fact, <clears throat> this is going to blow you away, probably. Houston, right now I have in the mm -hmm. top four, but falling. Texas, I have, you know, knocking on the door. They're the fifth best team. The next best team in this bracket, and this is with margin. It's not Xavier. It's not Miami. It is Drake. Drake, Drake. is excellent and they got way underseated as a 12 like this is sort of quintessential committee getting a little too cute with their underseeding teams to the 12 so that they have the 512 upsets uh i am very excited to see how this market opens up because i think drake is going to be a very hot play and i wouldn't be surprised if this is kind of lands in the pick em ish range particularly considering uh, the miami injury status uh, Miami is three and a half point favorites. Or yeah, no? favorite. Miami is a three and a half okay. point favorite. See, that's that's a wrong team favorite. <laughs> I mean, well, it's already they look great. They look great in their conference tournament. They had three wins of all ten plus points. I mean, they rolled in the conference championship. So I don't hate that at all. I think Miami. They look better on paper than they were last year, but I don't know if I'm sold on them completely. So I definitely like the Drake look. Yeah, Drake was not great to start the season, but over the last month of the season. They are playing the eighth best basketball in all of college basketball. They are the eighth best team, which is absolutely amazing considering they've been against, playing against weak opponents. But they're doing it in a way that also portends to tournament success. Uh, they have currently 13th best offense, 21st best defense, but they're basically balanced across the board. Their only weakness that I can see is they're not getting to the free throw line, especially uh, often. And that shouldn't really hurt them in a four in a five twelve matchup. It's definitely not going to hurt them against Indiana if Indiana can even beat Kent State. Uh, the tournament committee loves to do this, where they have that one region that completely falls apart, and you have a twelve versus thirteen uh, in you know in the round of thirty two. This looks like that one here, where you can see Drake versus Kent State in the round of thirty two, and then Drake moving on to uh, a, a Sweet Sixteen matchup against Houston. Now, if Drake really does take care of business and they beat Miami convincingly. And let's say they played Indiana in the round of 32 and they beat them convincingly. They could be a little bit overpriced going against a Houston team that is, you know, that is legitimately good. So um, I'm not ready to call Houston dead at all uh, in that type of a matchup. But uh, I think in the Sweet 16, I would look at Houston versus Drake. And on the bottom half of the bracket here, uh, almost certainly uh, Xavier versus Texas. I, th I think uh, Xavier is the clear class of their little subsection. And then Texas... Yeah. Uh, as we've already talked about, uh, they're going to have an interesting matchup in round two against Texas A&M, but they're uh, they're definitely better. So I think Texas ultimately gets to the Sweet 16, and uh, you know, a Texas versus Houston for a right to play a Final Four in the state of Texas would be pretty fun because Texas, of course, basketball school. We all know this. <laughs> all right, <laughs> let's go to the West. Vaughn, Kansas, the one seed, but the most interesting game to me here is St. Mary's VCU. I've got a friend who's holding a uh, incredibly large ticket on St. Mary's at 100 to 1 to go all the way, which you know, it's 40 to 1 now, so a little bit of value on that. St. Mary's are four and a half point favorites 
over your VCU Rams Vaughn. Uh, looks like the four and a half is getting backed. Any opinion on that game? And, and what do you think of the West overall? I like VCU. Definitely like VCU in that spot. But they, they, I like the under probably better, to be honest with you. Both those, <laughs> both those teams play incredibly slow. They force turnovers. They make you t- take very tough shots. I uh, even saw VCU against Dayton struggle in the first half. They Neither team could hit the side of a barn from three. Uh, VCU is a very streaky team, though. But St. Mary's, you know, you question who they've played all season, who they really beat. But I like VCU in that spot. So they're definitely going to be one of my Cinderella's. But the problem is they run into UConn there uh, in the next round. And UConn, like Xavier, has been playing tremendous basketball over the last two or three weeks there. So I'm definitely intrigued uh, what they could do. But let's talk about Northwestern, Jay. Uh, The Wildcats, are they good or are they not? Because we're still trying to figure it out. They're one of the only teams in the Big Ten that had a winning record on the road in neutral courts. They get a seven seed against Boise State, and they'd have to take on UCLA here as a two. And we'll see what UCLA, how they overcome injuries, but they were definitely man down against Arizona, but still played a tremendous game. So, uh, you know, Northwestern may be the wildest pick as a seven seed to make some noise, but I kind of feel that way. But, uh, yeah, Gonzaga, clearly my favorite team. Uh, out of this conference, don't have to tell you how great the Bulldogs have played. Can you, uh, Vaughn, can you quantify make some noise on Northwestern? What exactly are they going to do? Some noise. Uh, one I mean, and a half point dogs <laughs> Boise State and then uh, playing UCLA. They, uh, they're one and a half point dogs against Boise State. Wow. Yeah, uh, how often? So, Jay, as a uh, you know, as a as a former um, you know points bet employee, and sure. you having all the the sports betting. Information in your head. When you see a line like that with the seven seeds and underdog, you're just taking the ten seed right away, right? Well, yeah, I try not to kind of just bet on uh, hard and fast. <laughs> um, yeah, I try and avoid that and encourage people to. But uh, yeah, sounds like you like Boise State, sure. Uh, I like Boise State in that one. I like the Mountain West in general. I think they're going to have a great tournament. Games being played in Sacramento, so Northwest, come on out, West boys. Uh, similarly for uh, St. Mary's, oh no, that game is in Albany. They sent St. Mary's to Albany <laughs> to play VCU as the uh, higher-seeded team. That's not great. Um, but you know who that does help? UConn. Um, guys, the West is the region of death, uh, and it is not close. Uh, this is an absolutely loaded region. I know we've talked about UCLA, and they are struggling from injuries. That does not change the fact that they are still a very good team. And in fact, four of my top seven teams – in terms of current performance, last over the last month of the season, how have you been playing? Four of the top seven are in the West. You want to guess the order of those seven? There's a number one, a number two, a number six, and a number seven. Vaughn, do you have any guesses as to who the number one team over the last month in the country is? I want to say it's Gonzaga's one and UConn is two. Gonzaga's um, one and UConn is two. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's go. Let's go. Number three would have to be. I don't want to say UCLA. It is UCLA. Kansas is four. So basically, in terms of current performance, current heat index, Kansas, the one seed, is the fourth best team in this region. Now, (laughs) we shouldn't be super surprised that the committee did this because they don't like to give, you know, the defending champ an easy path, especially because if you remember well, Kansas won last year because their path was extremely easy. Like, that was a very, 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 um, uh, you know, the, 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 they, they benefited from a very imbalanced bracket. Um, this year, it looks like the committee has given Kansas a pretty much a free pass to uh, the Sweet 16, which will be contested in Las Vegas. 
But then the two matchups that they're going to have in Vegas, uh, Kansas versus UConn and then Kansas-Gonzaga or Kansas-UCLA, like, oh, my goodness gracious. Or UConn-UCLA or UConn-Gonzaga. Uh, as kind of mentioned, I would lean UConn-Gonzaga because you're going to get a little bit of uh, contrarian points for going with those two seeds in this region. Um, the, any of those matchups, that, that, that is going to – in fact – the prices for the tickets for those games in, in Vegas have already gone up. I, I promise you like this is going to be an unbelievably loaded uh, sweet 16 region in Vegas. And, and uh, yeah, I think they basically said, Kansas, you're not getting out of the West. Sorry. Uh, because beating UConn turning around and then taking on the winner of, you know, Zags UCLA uh, that's absolutely brutal. Um, this does have the whips of UConn gets through just on the basis of they might be the best team and or, you know, Gonzaga finally punches their ticket because they could catch UConn coming off of a very hard-fought win against uh, Kansas and then punch their ticket to a, a Final Four, which would be fascinating because Gonzaga is absolutely sleeping right now. I'm not sure why people don't realize how well this team is playing. Um, you know, they, they, they moved on from the, the cancer that was Chet Holmgren, and uh, here we are now, a, a new, better team. I'm, I'm being facetious, obviously. I love Chet Holmgren. I want to see him play in the NBA badly. Um, but uh, in seriousness, though, uh, you know, in a, in, a, in a year where college basketball is this flat, uh, the fact that Gonzaga hasn't gotten more uh, steam in terms of people thinking this could be their year is surprising to me. Okay, well, let's talk about another something that you hate, Drew, uh, which is to do. They headline the East region uh, as the one seed. Uh, Vaughn, what do you make of this region? Um, do you think that there are any teams in particular that are going to run past Purdue? Yeah, I mean, I've been saying Purdue, I don't want them to be a one seed, but after what's happened the past couple of days, I totally understand why they are a one seed in all situations, but... You know, having two freshman guards, bringing back only like 30% of their minutes last year, having a very experienced team with guys like Jaden Ivey, Trayvon Williams, definitely susceptible, susceptible to being the first number one seed upset. But I like Kentucky to destroy Providence. I see that's a three-point spread, Jay. Give me the Wildcats all day. Providence was a team that barely even made a tournament after the past seven or games how they played. Uh, you definitely see Kansas State there matching up with Kentucky in the second round for – what could be the most entertaining game of all. But I think Marquette is the best team in this in this region, along with Duke. I think these are the two best teams here as a two and a five seed. And if you're looking for quite the upset, I think Louisiana Raging Cajuns are going to give your Tennessee Vols. I say your Tennessee Vols, Jay, because you mentioned them months ago. <laughs> but I think they're going to go run for the money. They're very good defensively. They rebound as one of the best rates in the country. Tennessee defends the three very well, but Louisiana shoots the three very well. So they can knock yeah. down their threes, and Tennessee not having Ziegler, their best ball distributor and point guard. Louisiana might be that upset as a 13 seed there. So I like that. Yeah. Okay. My Tennessee Vols. Interesting. It's uh, pretty, uh, yeah, I think pretty Brandy. funny that uh, the committee gave uh, Vaughn's uh, Vermont Catamounts the two seed. <laughs> They're going to get um, destroyed. Oh, wait, they got the 15 seed. Vermont's <laughs> a 15 seed. What? No way. This is ridiculous. Why same, are we doing this? Not the this? same cats. Not they the don't... same cats. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Well, whatever the case is, uh, Marquette obviously got pretty you know decent reward here. 
after winning a very, you know, very tough, hard-fought Big East championship. They look like they have a pretty clear path to uh, the Sweet 16, although Michigan State, for whatever it's worth, does overperform every year Tom is in this tournament. I don't know what he tells his guys, but uh, they do tend to play above their talent level. Um, so Michigan State's certainly not out of it as a seventh seed to get to the Sweet 16. The rest of this bracket looks super-duper chalky to me. I think there is going to be chalk across the entire first round. Uh, one, eight, five, four, six, three, seven, two, all have decent margin over their opponents. Um, Purdue facing a true, true test against the Memphis team that is playing extremely well right now. Um, Memphis, I don't have, like, I don't have them rated. Oh, no, they are my top 10. Yeah, Memphis right now I have number nine. Purdue I have 13th. Uh, so, we could potentially see a wrong team favorite in the second round with the one eight, um, which is going to be a fascinating mark to see how that opens Purdue. For those of you who are like, why do you hate the big 10? Why do you hate Purdue? Like all they did was win. All they've done is exceed expectations all season. Sure. You only lost five games. Sure. You have the player of the year in Zach Eady. Relying on a big as your primary offense in the in the tournament is not a recipe for success. And on top of all of that, the Big Ten wildly, wildly overrated this season. They were overrated last season, uh, but they actually had some good teams this year. They're just flat out overrated. Uh, they cannot force turnovers. We were joking about how Alabama was 300th in the country in terms of forcing turnovers on defense. Purdue 330th. Did you even know there were 330 teams in college basketball? <laughs> I'm learning that now, looking at the numbers. Like, that's it's unbelievably low. So all it takes is one team that's shooting well. Uh, Memphis comes to mind as that potential team, and they are in deep, deep, deep trouble. This Purdue team is not long for this tournament, uh, and I think even if they do come through, it's going to be on the basis of, you know, luck more so, you know, that they, they don't face a team that's shooting well on a given night more so than they're, you know, they're actually being deserving of a one seed. Duke, I think, is set up well for some fun matchups here to come through to at least the Sweet 16. Duke-Memphis would be a fun matchup. Duke-Purdue, I would love to see what kind of price would open. Duke probably opens as a two-and-a-half, three-point favorite in that contest. Uh, and uh, and then on the bottom half, I like uh, Vaughn's shout about Kentucky. I think Kentucky absolutely comes through past uh, Providence and Kansas State makes a sweet 16 here where they would play the either Mar you know, Marquette or Michigan state. Uh, you could have a, a very blue bloody <laughs> type of Eastern bracket here when it's all said and done for the sweet 16, where you have the likes of, uh, you know, Duke, Kentucky, Michigan state and uh, Memphis uh, all in the, uh, in the sweet 16 in the East. Uh, that would be a lot of fun and uh, not a super, super strong or difficult bracket. Uh, but this one looks the most chalky to me. I just think they kind of put all of the, um, the lower seeded teams that don't really have a chance all kind of landed in the East from what I can tell you. Yeah. yeah I'm seeing you, you gave Memphis a lot of love there and they match up well with Purdue, but Florida Atlantic, they're tough. Only yeah. opened up as a plus one and a half dog. And they also have a seven foot one center. Um, so I'm not even surprised that the committee, you know, match potentially matching up a second round because both those teams, I feel like give Purdue serious issues. Uh, so I will be fading Purdue no matter whichever those two teams they play. I don't really understand the Florida Atlantic love. Um, they closed his dogs to UEB today, right? Or was that yesterday? Yeah, I know they won yeah. convincingly. Like, they played a great yeah. game. Like, congratulations, you won your, your conference. But, um, yeah, they, to me, are kind of in more, like, the, they're, they're properly seated, but they're, like, in, like, the 30 to 35 range. Uh, whereas Memphis right now, I have flirting with the top 10 the way they've been playing over the last month of basketball.
Yeah, Florida Atlantic uh, beat one team in the one team in the tournament all season. That was Northern Kentucky. So we'll see what wow. happens. <laughs> it um it looks like uh, the opener on Old Roberts uh, against Duke. Old Roberts getting hammered uh, plus seven and a half. <laughs> Old Roberts plus seven. Take that, Dinsick. <laughs> Old Roberts. All right. That was I, that's, fu- that's fine. Hey, you know what? I think that's probably right. Duke is going to be overrated every single round, and they're probably going to win close games. That's sort of the makeup of this team. And, um, yeah, they're going to get – yeah, I, that that's not shocking to me, I, I guess. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Oral Roberts being uh, – yeah, Oral Roberts being a 12 seed is, is – I'm, I'm not there. I'd love Duke to get bounced. All right, let's uh, hit a promo and we'll close out some bigger picture thoughts. Remind us to download – the Roto World app to receive breaking player news all season long. Stay ahead of the competition by favoriting players on your roster. Vaughn, get the latest injury updates, player news, and much more delivered right to your phone. It's available in the App Store today. It's time to get your swagger back with PointsBet Sportsbook. New customers can sign up now with the code BETTHEEDGE to get five second chance bets up to $500. That's five straight days of second chances where PointsBet will match your losing wager in free bets. So use the promo code BETTHEEDGE and enjoy more live betting markets than ever before. PointsBet, it's your move. New customers only. Must be 21 plus and present in Colorado, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Virginia, or West Virginia. In partnership with Louisiana iGaming LP, DBA Boomtown, New Orleans. Second chance means that if any of your first five cash bets, that is the first bet per day for five consecutive days on a fixed odds market loses, you will receive free bets in the amount of the losing wager up to $100 each. Cash out is not available on all wagers and may not be equivalent to the initial wager. PointsBet can disable or suspend the cash out feature at any time. Additional terms and conditions apply. See the promotions page and terms and conditions section of the PointsBet website app for more details. Void where prohibited. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help in Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, or West Virginia, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services or visit www.1800gambler.net. In Colorado or Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700. In Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. In Indiana, Call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. In Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. In Virginia, call 1-888-532-3500. Gambling problem? Call 877-8-HOPE-NEW York or text HOPE-NEW YORK. That's 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Pennsylvania, call 1-877-770-STOP. That's 1-877-770-6867 in Louisiana. All right. Let's close out with two things. One, teams get upset, and then teams go all the way. Vaughn, what do you got? One team to go all the way. I think the Gonzaga Bulldogs are truly playing some of the best basketball of anybody right now. So I'll probably take them, and they're not a one seed. One seeds have won the last five years. So I'll take a three seed. And team to get upset in the first round, Jay. I think I have to take Louisiana over Tennessee, or Santa Barbara over Baylor. I'm going to give you two. Those would be my two picks there. But I do like I do like Drew's look at Drake over Miami. I'll probably have to take that one as well. So I cheated and took three. <laughs> what have you got, Dinsick? I'm going to take upset. the upset. Yeah, I'm going to take the upset of the number 10 seed Boise State uh, Broncos over the number 7 seed Northwestern. <laughs> no, that's not how upsets work, guys. Uh, no, I, I think uh, Drake catching points against Miami is a slam. Uh, I mentioned uh, like Kansas, Kent State against uh, Indiana as well. 
Um, and then, uh, yeah, upsets galore in the South. You really couldn't talk me off of any of those. You see SB probably the best bet of the bunch at plus 11. Uh, and then team to go all the way. Boy, I'm pretty upset that they put Gonzaga and uh, UConn in the same region. Yeah. Because that is your that is your elite eight matchup in the West. The way I look at these teams in terms of quality of uh, recent play and just their you know overall makeup. Um, I'm Vaughn went Gonzaga. I'll go. Uh, I'll go UConn. I think the Huskies are uh, best team in the country. They showed you some highs earlier this season that were um, you know clearly I thought the best of what we saw all season. And then they found their form to end the season uh, despite uh, a tough loss in the uh, Big East tournament to Marquette. So. Um, UConn uh, looks prime uh, to me to be uh, your uh, your ultimate champion here, uh, and uh, we'll say they beat uh, boy. The others, the le- the left half of the bracket is just weak. I think whoever wins the West is coming is is your champion, really. Um, everybody, all the other, all, if you can figure out who wins the West, I think you got your winner. Okay. What about you, Jay? Go. I'm gonna say, uh, yeah, I'm gonna say everyone's favorite Paper Tiger. Baylor gets bounced in uh, in round one by Drew's uh, UC Santa Barbara. That 11-point line is already moving towards 10. As yes. we speak, there will be single digits by the time that we get off. Uh, my pick was going to be UConn, but since you've taken that, I'm going to go with Texas, <laughs> go with Texas at, uh, at plus 1,400. Um, I think that, you know, I've watched a lot of Texas basketball um, this season. I think that they're rounding into form. I know that Kansas isn't that much to play for, but the way that they handled them, uh, and also, you know, the game against TCU is completely done, uh, and they close pretty strong there. And I think that they are rounding into form, and I don't think they have the hardest bracket from uh, from early investigation. So I'll go to Texas at uh, plus fourteen hundred. All right, it's enough basketball chat. Close out with some baseball. Uh, <laughs> all the new rules being implemented. In Major League Baseball, impacting fantasy baseball, it is more important than ever to get your Roto World Baseball Draft Guide. Find all the player profiles, rankings, and projections you need. Drew to hit your draft out of the park. Go to NBCSportsEdge.com slash draft guide and use Pennant25 to save 25% at checkout and go bet on Chris Sale to win the AL Cy Young at 100. Ooh. 150 Chris Sale. I thought you were going to tell us. Uh, I thought you had the script for the World Baseball Classic, and you were going to tell us who wins the World Baseball Classic. Now, save no. that for save that for later this week. No, no absolutely not. Um, and just before we wrap up, any thoughts on snubs, Vaughn, and the first four? Oh man, uh, to be honest, I thought this was a pretty correct seating. Um, the fact that Pitt was in the first four playing games was pretty interesting to me. Uh, I thought, you know, I didn't think Rutgers deserved to be in. I didn't think Michigan, Wisconsin deserved to be in. Uh, Neither Oregon, these type of teams. So I feel like the committee actually did a really good job. And everyone that should have been in uh, pretty much made it in. So I have no complaints, to be honest. Yeah. Okay. Same. Same. I think they nailed it. Uh, And, you know, credit because committees in years past would put UNC in over Pitt and not even think twice. Yeah. They didn't even mention they didn't they didn't do it like yeah, there was no reach Syracuse is near here anywhere like that was typically the what the heck moment where Syracuse is in as a 10 seed and you're like what they weren't even close but uh no they they didn't uh they didn't really do anything that I thought was uh um that outrageous and to be honest with you uh 
if this is a new era where the committee is, you know, more inclined to tack into some of the advanced analytics to make their decisions, then hallelujah. Like, this is very cool. Uh, and if it's like the, you know, the, the people with the eye test who are complaining about the snubs, then uh, that's much, much, uh, much more fun than uh, the people who, uh, you know, have a realistic statistical case for why their team's not in and they should be. So I thought this was a very fair bracket. It's, uh, it's just not very balanced because all the good teams are in the West. Yeah, I think it's overall in all these types of things now that the right decisions are just arrived at more frequently just because there's so much more, one, information available, and then two, just kind of, I guess, kind of group think and consensus building because of how you know, information is spread on Twitter. And if you're wrong, like, you can't just vote Jason Tatum MVP anymore. Like, you can't do that <laughs> because everyone knows it's wrong. Um, and so, yeah, I think that that's probably helped, um, you know, formed what we're going to look at. All right, that wraps it up for us. We'll be back. Well, we're doing this Sunday night. We'll be back Tuesday. Uh, a reminder to check out NBCSportsEdge.com for more information to help you with your wages. Thanks, everyone, watching on the NBC Sports YouTube channel. If you're listening to us in podcast form, don't forget to subscribe and uh, from Jay Croucher, Drew Dinsick, and at Money Sports, Felon Dalzell. Uh, thanks everyone for watching, and uh, we'll be back soon. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.